Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the restoration. <clears throat> I'm your host, Stephen Peinecker. And just a real quick reminder, uh, get your entries in for this month's Book Giveaway Contest, 52 Churches in 52 Weeks, mormonbookreviews at gmail.com. Put in the subject heading book contest in your name and address. Uh, I am so excited to have back on the program Mark Illwood, the author and illustrator of the Glass Looker series graphic novel. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Steve. Glad to be here. So it was really kind of a cool privilege because I remember last August, I believe, uh, last summer, I'm getting mm -hmm. in touch with you. And at first you're like, you're an evangelical, man. Mm -hmm. Like, eh, you know, and, and I don't know where you're coming from. And so I kind of explained. And then we, we you I, you know, I earned your trust. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, and you sent me what was so cool was I got to interview Mark before the your first volume came out. And you sent me a PDF. And then I got to interview you. So I was one of the first interviews, I think, for you, uh, for your book. Uh, thank you for extending me that, that privilege. That was really awesome. Yeah, it's it's been fun. I, it's kind of funny, Steve. You always, you know, you were the first kind of, I think, the first one, like you said. And then I think coming out, I'm, I'm always like really hairy and, you know, my beard's longer and my hair's too long and stuff because I, you know, like I'm still kind of coming out of my cave of working really hard on an awful down here in my basement, you know, so but, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, um, and I just wanted to ask you before we got into your newest uh, volume, I wanted to ask you just what's it been like? Um, so you write, you, you released this uh, volume out last fall mm -hmm. and then uh, you get a lot of feedback from people. You get on Mormon stories. What's this adventure been like for you? Oh, um, man, it's been great. Uh, Definitely. I, I guess I would say, you know, I started this project and I kind of was doing it just for me. And I thought it would just be sort of, a, um, a, you know, I, I'm a collector. I like to collect these stories. And I was um, thinking, you know, maybe for the Sunstone crowd, you know, uh, maybe there'd be some interest there. Uh, but I didn't realize it would it would kind of like reach so far and uh, resonate with people. So, um, yeah, it's been it keep, it's kept me busy, you know, and uh <laughs> As soon as I, as soon as I could, I started on uh, volume two, and you know, COVID hit, and uh, and then it was it was an adventure to get get through the process. But um, COVID was both a blessing and and kind of a hindrance because whenever I had COVID, I could you know uh, um, isolate and be like, sorry, you're gonna have to handle the cooking and the cleaning, and I'm just gonna be down here drawing, you know, so. But then whenever my, you know, Aaron would, my wife uh, would have it, then I had to be, okay, project has to go on hold. I got to get, you know, take care of the family. So mm. there's a lot yeah. of that back and forth. It's sure it went through cycles. <laughs> so I just, I did want to ask you a little bit. Uh, yeah. Have you ever illustrated, is this the first graphic novel series that you've ever done? Did you, or did you do graphic novels in the past? Uh, no, this is the first time. Um, so you'll definitely see kind of my evolution. You know, evolution yeah or like kind of I kind of start to get it maybe a little bit better by this volume I, I feel pretty proud of some of the uh artistic challenges I had to tackle in this one um but no before that I was uh um I did a lot of computer rendering of spacecraft um for an aerospace company actually so oh yeah that's right we talked about that last time I forgot exactly yeah that's time. that's why I'm wearing the shirt yeah, yeah. so <laughs> Nice. So, uh, yeah, this is really fascinating. So, folks, I finished the uh, this volume two of The Glass Looker just the other day, 
And uh, it's really fascinating because your focus is, first of all, it's, you have this cool, I would say almost homage to mm-hmm. uh, Arnold Freiburg in mm-hmm. uh, when you have Samuel the Lamanite uh, up on the yep. area. And I thought, is it, was that an influence, would you say, in this scene? Oh, yeah. Like, if you look at some of the textures in the background there, like the, um, I mean, well, you know, he, Freiburg is, or Freiburg, I don't know his name. He's, um, you know, obviously taking a lot of his influences from Central America as well. But um, I would look at his art and kind of say, you know, the uh, stonework he was copying here from some of the other, you know, actual stonework. I was trying to make sure I incorporated that. Um, I think I might've even, I don't know if it made it to the final or not, but uh, there's a there's a particular guy with a cane with like a like some kind of pelican bird on it. And I may have, it may have got covered up by a text box. Oh no, I, I do have him there, but I ended up cutting that part out there. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, his work is amazing. And that is what I grew up on. And that's how I pictured you know, the Book of Mormon, you can see once he draws something and it propagates through the cartoons I grew up watching and, you know, any sort of uh, publications the church were putting out in the, in the friend magazine or whatever. So we, we know what Nephi looks like. He's, he's got that headband. He's got the long hair. He's got, you know, uh, he's got big muscles. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, when I when I did my uh, interview with Jenny Champau of the uh, Book of Mormon art catalog, I we actually had that discussion uh, mm-hmm. where I had mentioned that, that you had brought that up. Um, it's just really fascinating how much of an influence Arnold Freiberg played on uh, on the art. So, so this is the thing. So the story opens up with a Book of Mormon uh, Samuel Lamanite, um, and then we it actually this primarily is a story about many of the stories of Joseph Smith's money digging days now i i want to make it real clear to everybody that you take all the stuff that's out there some of these stories are apocryphal some of these stories probably didn't happen some of these stories have probably been exaggerated some of these stories are probably very accurate you're just taking everything that's out there and what's so cool is that you you document each story mm-hmm. at the end of each story you you give the 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 witnesses accounts of the story and and, and often word for word of what they said is what you put in there is that uh would that be a correct assess- assessment? Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that's fair. Totally. Um, yeah, I just tried to, you know, if the source says that something happened, I tried to just take it at face value and illustrate that document. And um, I try to not make up too much, but you'll, you'll see, uh, obviously, you know, my own influence is coming through. I, I was telling Aaron just the other day, I was like, you know, like somebody could take one of these stories and picture it completely differently. And that would be absolutely like totally okay. And um, um, this is just, again, this is like Mark Owood's uh, representation of some of these treasure digging tales. So um, yeah, I don't know if that answered the question. But. Yeah, so you're, so you, you, it's like I said, it's recently illustrated. You, 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 you kind of talk a lot about some of the occult practices that were used, even referencing the dark arts in this uh, story. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just talk a little bit about the magical uh, occult uh, stuff that you decided to integrate in this and some of the symbology you use and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, so um, I uh, this one does get, you know, this volume gets a little darker. Um, there's there's definitely a dark moment. And uh, we, I, I try, again, I try not to make up too much detail or I mean, too much um yeah, too much details that aren't in the source. And so uh, 
there is magic. I guess there is some occult stuff going on, but it's really minimal because a lot of that isn't reported in detail. And, um, but I do think just my personal perspective is that I think there was a lot more of that going on. And, you know, they wouldn't have seen it necessarily as, as dark art, right? You know, it, it's just um, treasure magic. It's like stuff that you would do. I mean, a lot of it involves, you know, reading passages out of the, the Bible, um, you know, using some um, esoteric kind of Christian magic. And so, uh, but obviously what happens in this book, we, we do see some of the darker stuff as well. And I, I think if we were to go back in time and actually see a treasure dig, we would actually see probably a lot more, you know, magic circles and parchments and prayers and um, talismans and things to help whatever you can do to, to defeat the, uh, the guardian or the, the demon that's um, kind of controlling that treasure you're after. So what's so fascinating, too, is in the story, you relay that basically this kind of stuff was pretty common a lot of people believed it, but maybe kept it to themselves. So within the broader context of the world that Joseph was in, a lot of what we would call evangelical Christians were also practicing these things. So when people try to go after Joseph's character, they don't realize that this was actually pretty common, especially in rural America. Yeah, just for that a short period anyway. I mean, it's it definitely continues, but it became less acceptable as it went on. And I think we've got a really good quote in there by um, Porter Rockwell where he's like, yeah, everybody was doing it, but nobody really wanted to own up to it. Um, the exception would be William Stafford, you know, in, in this book anyway, where he he's like, I'm just going to tell what I know and what I was involved with. And he doesn't kind of hide what he, you know, what he did and what he's okay with. So, yeah. So, uh, and one of the other things, so we, we, and by the way, the, there is the black lamb scene that is in this book. It makes its appearance. It's pretty dramatic. Um, it's worth, I think it's worth the price of it. buying this just for that scene. It's pretty amazing what you did with that. Um, one, one of the other things that we touch in on, in, in addition to the, the uh, money digging, is that you actually have and illustrate Moroni's appearance to young Joseph. Um, I think it's pretty historically accurate. I, I One of the things I like a lot about it is that you... When I say that a lot of a lot of your paintings and, and stuff of Joseph, it's him alone in a room being with Moroni. But the reality is, is that that room he was in was packed with other people when he had this visionary experience, which I think it makes it one of the most accurate portrayals of Moroni's visit to Joseph. Oh, thanks. Yeah, like um, I tried to show like, you know, when when he first appears and then gives his, you know, his speech and you know, Joseph looks around and like everybody's still sleeping, you know, so um, yeah, it, it's um, again, kind of my own take on what, you know, I wanted him to be almost frightening, you know, because obviously Joseph says at first he, he's scared, you know, um, and I've read a lot of treasure stories where there is an appearance of a, of a ghost or a little creature, you know, in someone's dream, and um, they, you know, appear a couple times usually three times and um you know I just wanted to capture a little bit of the magic and I tried to focus like I think maybe what people might wonder is like you know why did I choose to portray it this way and I, I feel like I'm trying to capture as much of the magic as I can now as Joseph's understanding of what he's experiencing grows you know our angel will change um 
And, uh, you know, today, Mormon version of angels or Mormon's versions of angels are like, you know, clean shaven. You might as well just put a tie on them. I mean, they're like, you know, these uh, very, um, you know, are muscly kind of guys in white robes. And I think um, we'll get there, but uh, I think my, my Moroni will take different forms um, throughout and just so you all know, folks, this is the Moroni on the cover. Um, so that gives you an idea of how he's portraying him. So um, I, uh, I also, you know, I think it's interesting because uh, there's been a lot of controversy that they're, uh, they're no longer doing the Palmyra pageant and they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're now re they're, they're going to be planting trees on Hill Camorra now. And actually what they're, and, and I always forget this, that thing was covered with trees and you show that in there. And so actually the, the new Camorra, if you will, that will be different, will actually probably look more like it did during Joseph's time. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah. Um, my understanding is that whenever, I forget who the, was it uh, Bean? Who's out yes. there? He, he actually, as a, like got missionaries planted the, trees that we actually see right now so um if you look at the old photos of the hill it's pretty much nothing on it yeah know? emptied out but yeah. that yeah from my understanding is that um yeah it was covered in trees and you know i've i've had a chance to kind of walk around on there and uh you know took photos and things and it was fun to kind of like go off the path and kind of you know walk around in the trees there did you ever go to the palmyra pageant by chance you know, I didn't ever, <laughs> I never have. Have you done that, Steve? I don't know. I wish I could have. I feel so bad. You're not doing that anymore. You can watch it on YouTube, right? Or yeah, well, I don't know. There's Ooh, something about being there though. Like I, I, I couldn't wait to, like, I, I actually ran into a, a police officer at my local Costco mm -hmm. and we started talking he said, yeah, I used to do security for the Hill Camorra pageant and he's not Mormon. He said, but you had all those evangelicals holding signs and saying they're going yeah. to hell. And I said, yeah, that's team evangelical. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of a shame that I think that was something that made, I mean, I don't know. It, it was probably pretty weird, but, but also like, I think it was a shame for the community probably because it brought in a lot of tourism and interest in, yeah. in kind of the historic sites. And, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't really seen, I haven't been back that much, but like there hasn't been as big a crowds. I mean, it's been COVID. So yeah. who knows? So Arnold Freiberg obviously was an influence on you, but oh, can you name me a few other artists, uh, graphic novelists that um, have been influential on your work as well? Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, when I first started this, I started picturing, um, well, let's see. Uh, I might have to go get my graphic novels off the shelf there, but um, put me on the spot. Yeah, oh, Hellboy. Not... Have you heard of Hellboy before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reason I like that is um, the uh, the artist um, whose name I'm having uh, I can't remember his name right now. It's uh, Mike Magnola. Um, he um, uh, you know, he takes like legend and lore uh, and he's kind of doing similar things. I mean, he, he does, obviously Hellboy is like a superhero um, character, but um, it is really cool that he takes like these real world lore um, and stories and um, kind of illustrates them. And uh, I always thought that was cool. And, you know, I'm not him. I, I definitely can't copy his style. It's really cool. Um, very, um, you know, uh, 
severe, uh, harsh blacks and whites and things. But uh, he was definitely, when I started off this project, I, I was very into that idea. Um, of course, there's, you know, <laughs> I mean, the some of the things that influenced me were those little like illustrated classics. Have you seen those? Um, you know, there's a page. It's basically you, you read a little bit of like uh, the Time Machine by H.G. Wells, and there's like a picture next to it on each page. When you're a kid, that that stuff. I ate those things up, and um, and of course there's the there's other graphic novels they did that were uh, more traditional graphic novels that also are the illustrated classics. Um, and um, you know, it, it wasn't a huge area for me, but um, I just realized being an, a visual artist and sort of a, I did a lot of sequential art in um, school and taking like scripts and turning them into um, storyboards and things like that. Um, I realized that this would be, a, you know, the next best thing that we could have to uh, a movie about Joseph's treasure digging, you know, you can tell a lot of you can portray a lot of information quickly with an image and so I was like you know this is a good way to tell this story I've never illustrated a graphic novel but I'm in the right place right time I'm going to give it a go you know yeah yeah so. and I just wanted to and I actually want you to kind of preview about what's coming forward but I wanted to ask you yeah. uh, you know there's another graphic novelist who came mm -hmm. out with Joseph Smith and the Mormons Noah Van Skyver I interviewed him Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we had some technical glitches that makes it almost unwatchable. So I want to have him come back mm -hmm. on um, to, to talk about this. So no, I let's let's get together soon. Um, I yeah, find yeah. Uh, what I found interesting is like he has its gold gold pages. Mm -hmm. What I found interesting is that when you sent me the envelope, the envelope that this came in was in a gold envelope. I thought yeah. that was a really nice touch. Um, yeah. Noah's got some interesting things going on in this book. What did you think of it? Okay, well, I am. A big fan of Noah's, and uh, we did kind of communicate just briefly through email. Um, whenever I started my project, I was like, you know, I was looking to see if something ex existed, and I found an interview where he was working on this. And I'm like, hey, you know, like uh, I'm doing this thing, you're doing this thing, and he was very kind. He said, you know, our our projects are very different, and um, you know, uh, different styles. We're uh, tackling different issues, and um, now, to be fair, I didn't want, I do this weird thing sometimes where I'm like, I don't want to accidentally glean information from, or, or whatever, or styles, you know, stylistically from Noah. So I actually, I have his book over there, but I haven't actually, I've cracked it, you know, flipped through a little bit, but I haven't actually like digested it because I want to, I want this, uh, my yeah, vision to stay true, you know? Uh, but yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. It looks amazing. It's a beautiful book. The yeah, texture of the the cover, you know, uh, it's amazing. So. It's really awesome, awesome volume. Yeah, it really is great. And then, you know, one of the things that I had real, what uh, one of the funnest videos I got to do, one of my funnest book reviews, in mm -hmm. addition to my takedown of the God Makers, was when <laughs> I had uh, when I reviewed, I did a double review of Jack oh, yeah. Jack's The Enchanter and your graphic novel. Um, yep. That was fun. What did you, what you, you, you've, have you had a chance to get, take a look at this? Yeah. 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 What'd you think of this? <laughs> I mean, the art style is pretty cool. Uh, I, I love that, that stuff. I, I don't know. It, it's got a place, you know? Um, I think growing up, I, I went on my mission in the South. And so we got those chick tracks all the time. It was kind of a challenge to see who could collect the most. And, you know, so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, the problem with them, of course, is their propaganda, very slanted, but 
um, still, you know, it's kind of neat. Sometimes it's cool to see stuff, uh, someone taking a stab at a story that's never been illustrated before, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting stuff. It's, you know, different people like this is highly anti-Mormon in, 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 in every uh, way. Um, and uh, and I kind of did a double review of yours and that and kind of said, yeah. so praised your work and said, and this is how you not do a graphic novel <laughs> in many ways, in the sense that it is very propagandist. You know, there's a lot of propaganda in there. Um, it's it's very bigoted, if you will, in its, in its yeah. worldview. And he's he's with, with that for Catholics and anybody that's not him, he's, he's just a, is, is a bigot. So so that's why I felt the need to kind of discuss that. Um, so I am so fascinated because you have, we were talking off camera beforehand that you actually, um, I, I don't remember if you gave me a number, but you have an idea, you, you have it kind of mapped out about how many volumes you think this will be uh, and how long of a process this is going to be. Can you kind of talk about what the future of this series is going to look like? Sure. Um, so I, uh, you know, of course, I have this sort of overall, you know, episode Bible or or a outline of the project, right? And I, um, you know, I, I, it's maybe, I guess, even if you look at my first volume, it's not necessarily like internally consistent. Like I say, next chapter, chapter eight will be called Seer Stones, you know, and then I, <clears throat> Seer Stones, <laughs> I have like file folders over there. It's like, Here's all the different things I got to talk about. Um, Seer Stones has kind of like grown into uh, its own. You know, I've had it more file folders in there. And, um, so definitely things have grown a little bit. And uh, but I still kind of am projecting uh, four to five volumes for this to, to really get cover the material that I want to. Um, obviously, the name of the series is The Glass Looker. And so uh you know that is from the 1826 trial uh and we are going to get there um so the next um you know the next book will cover a lot of alvin uh, a lot of his material and you know if you've read the book you know i lead off with that um and uh we're going to kind of uh deal with joseph kind of struggling to accept his call um but ultimately doing so and uh there will be a lot of cool stuff that gets covered in there uh, i'm thinking probably a first vision flashback will make it in uh you know i do have to cut material sometimes so we will see how things turn out it's it's exciting it uh even though i have this like planned out in my mind and i have like lots of papers and diagrams of how this all works together when it gets down to like me drawing the images um you know it, it does grow it's a living thing <laughs> Yeah, that hurts me when it, when I have to cut a scene. I have I have a soft camera here, but I have uh, these are the original artwork right here. Oh wow! And I have in here uh, a cut scene that I that didn't make it to the final. So yeah, oh. tragic. It is. Oh man. Well, maybe you might make it into like I kind of like maybe I'll do something like George Lucas does, where you you like go back and like make a new edition, and we'll have expanded stuff. Or oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about the other day <clears throat> was, uh, you know, of course, your goal is to release a new edition every September 22nd. And of course, yeah. you were able to do it on your first one. Yeah. And you were you, obviously there were some delays, but one of the what part of it was is that um, you first of all this is a much larger volume, so it's like like 100 pages longer, and uh, so it, you maybe describe as to the process as to why it took a little bit longer. But the most important thing for you was not to reach a deadline; it was to get it right. Yeah, um, 
yes, and that is true. That is the ultimate goal was to, because sometimes I would feel the pressure. I'm like, you know, I'm, well, I, I, obviously I felt the pressure. I was like, man, people are waiting on this. I got to get it out. But I wanted to make sure it was, it was right. And then also uh, there was, there's a lot of reasons, Steve. I, um, what should I, you know, I, I'll feel like I'm making a lot of excuses, but really it was just, um, you know, I, uh, I, I want, yeah, ultimately I wanted to make sure when I released it, it was, it was right. But um, it, as it, as I was illustrating, um, you know, these like pe uh, pages, you know, I was like, well, it's, it's okay. It's a little bit longer, but exponentially it kind of grows like, okay, now the, the art, the, the computer end of it, the processing and whatever that also grows. And, uh, so that, you know, part of it was this, I, I'm fairly new to this is my second volume, you know, like I said, so um, even though as planning as good planning as I could do, it, it still kind of uh, grew, but, uh, and then COVID of course did not help the situation on in any way, like, you know, and uh, we had a few shipping issues or I mean, printing issues as well, but yeah, I, I'm just proud that it got out and I hope I'm really glad people were patient with me and uh, just, you know, I had so much support throughout the whole process. So it was great. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, there's some big scholars, big names that um, really have uh, are behind this series and, and are, are praising it. And I think that's really cool. It's, it's, it's very affirming and validating to you to have people like Dan Vogel and people like that mm -hmm. praising your work. It's it's so mm -hmm. awesome. Um, one of the things uh, also, too, that you, I asked you about was uh, you actually have you actually ha are kind of on top of the whole printing process. So you actually contracted with a local printer in Atlanta mm -hmm. and you felt it was important for you to be involved in the process and not just kind of farm this out. And, mm -hmm. and, and like and, and so yeah. I thought, what was that whole uh, process like for you? Yeah, um, you know, I got involved with a writer's group here and um, just trying to learn, you know, how to put together stories and things. And then also, um, and, and from that, I, I think it was from that, I met um, some people that had, a, you know, local printing press. Um, they showed me some other graphic novels they printed. It's been cool. I've been able to go in there, you know, every step of the way and sort of um, see like the, uh, the, uh, the volume as it comes together. Actually, hold on. You know what? Here. So like here, this just for example, each one of these here is a different version of volume two. So, you know, most of the time you're not able to do that where you huh. can kind of come in and, oh wait, hold on, that's not true. I have three, these ones are the same, sorry. Okay, one more time, one more time. These are all different versions of volume two. Huh. So, um, I've, yeah, it was cool. I was able to kind of, you know, physically go in there and say, hey, can you run me like a copy of, of my current project, print it out, and then I'd be able to um, go through it. Um, let me see if I can, you probably won't be able to see over camera, but, but it would be, um, you know, the status of it. I could physically hold it and be like, okay. That is so cool. So basically yeah. you're able to say, okay, let me see how this looks in the printed, the, in, like how it would look to the consumer. That's, that, that must've been really cool. And then, and of course, how many changes did you make as a result of maybe something that you saw after it was printed? It's like, ah, maybe I need to add this or take this out. Uh, let's see. Um, let me go back to one of the first ones. Um, let's see. Well, you know, I tried this one, for instance, has a gloss cover. And okay. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that after all. Um, and then uh, we, you know, so this one, for instance, you can see is all uh, we got a lot of pencils in here still. 
um, I was able to kind of just work on formatting it and make sure everything's going to align. Um, and then it kind of gives you, I mean, you know, software today is great. I can, I can do the same thing on a computer where I can look at the spread, but here I'm able to kind of physically hold it and be like, is, am, am I able to read these um, text boxes in the way that it's easy for the eye? Um, I just, I don't know, for me, since I'm, a, it's just me, I can control every step of the process. And my wife, you know, she helps out a lot as well. Um, so the, you know, like, and then here's another example, this part, I have uh, flats where I'm trying out the kind of the color scheme oh, of yeah. the mood of it, mm -hmm. but I haven't quite, this is not the final color. It's just sort of to, to start to figure out you know, how I want to show color and, and uh, mood. Um, and yeah, as it goes through, it gets more finalized and we find catch typos and, you know, it's great for that as well. Wow, that is really cool to see how yeah, that process works there. out, you know. And I'm <laughs> yeah. always a hard copy guy, really. That's what I want. Yeah, I, want hard yeah, copy. I, I always wanted it to be a hard copy. Now, that being said, I do think down the road, I, I'm going to release... Um, a digital like a pdf especially for you know i have people asking for it in like australia and we have shipped some there but it's very expensive and mm -hmm. you know uh different places have asked for it that again it's just it'd be easier if i could provide a digital format for that or maybe work my way into amazon for uh printing you know select areas or something i don't know we're still looking at that idea Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like so. Getting the weeds maybe. here, Steve. <laughs> that? Sorry, I'm I'm going going in behind the scenes a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah. I, I like that. The, that's what my audience likes. We're we're yeah. geeks, so <laughs> that's cool. Um, I I just wonder, uh, sure. are, 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 are is Volume One still available to purchase? Can people order Volume One from yeah, you? Yeah. So on my website, I still have Volume One available. Um, I uh don't have you know I there's there's a little bit left. Um. And uh, I think you can find it probably at Benchmark Books. Speaking of Benchmark uh, Books in Utah, they also just got a few, some copies of Volume 2. Um, volume 2, though, I don't have a lot left at the moment, but I will be getting more in, I think, this week or maybe next week. Oh. So. Okay, yeah. great. So, so folks, I'm going to leave a link uh, in the in the description. So, for those of you who'd like to order, you can still order uh, Volume 1, and he'll be, be able to send out some copies of Volume 2 soon as well. So that's really cool. Um, and you're the guy who basically you get them and you put it in the envelope and yeah. you send it out, right? It's all. all <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I've, I have off camera here is my shipping uh, fulfillment area, I guess. Um, I and uh, yeah, just uh, I'm not going to show it because it gets messy, but <laughs> you can all imagine. I, I do. I get to sign them. I, I'll sign them for a while. Um, and probably to the end of the year. And then upon request, I might do it a little bit. And then, um, yeah, I get to put in the bookmarks. It's kind of fun because that way I get to control it, you know. Did you sign mine? Hope so. Look at look on the uh, dedication page. Is that it right there? That is it, Steve. Oh, yeah. that is so cool. That I didn't realize that was your signature. That is really cool. Nice touch there. That's really Thanks. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I so again, this is really exciting. I want people to understand. Oh, this is the thing I also want to ask you. Uh, what kind of feedback do you get from the readers after Volume One, and maybe some of the, maybe some of the feedback you're getting from people with Volume Two? 
feedback. Okay. Um, I mean, do you get po- is it mostly positive? Is there yeah, some? Yeah, I haven't. Um, for volume one, uh, definitely, uh, it's been very positive. Uh, you know, I could just thrilled with the reception. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think I kind of struck a balance with like showing historical things, but also kind of trying to stay as neutral as possible. Um, it is a little, I, I, I haven't got a lot of feedback yet from volume two. Um, you know, people are excited. They got it and they're all reading it. A lot of people are behind because of when I shipped it out, you know, like Thanksgiving and everything. So, so yeah, we'll see more feedback coming soon. And, uh, but so far I've been good feedback. Um, and, uh, what else was I going to say about it? I guess, um, I, you know, the response has been good. Like I've sold, you know, like I said, I pretty much sold out of my, what I have right on hand. Um, and uh, I'm just excited to keep going. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, paid for itself and just um, the people, there's a lot of, I have some supporters that really help me on Patreon. And, um, you know, I definitely don't credit them enough. They've uh, really helped out with this project. And uh, sometimes randomly, somebody will um, purchase me some paper or pens, you know, off of my wish list on Amazon or something. So oh. it's, it's been great. It's kind of good. And also, I, I can't shout out enough to the, um, you know, some of the historians that I, I, you know, I just call people up sometimes on questions and everybody's really willing to provide information and answer questions. And yeah, that's, that's been the best is just meeting people and kind of trading stories and uh, understanding of, of these things. So, you know, and that's, what's so great about this. I didn't know last year when I went to my first Mormon history association, <clears throat> I knew who a lot of these people were, but nobody knew who I was. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, I was so well treated. And that's the thing about the Mormon studies community, the historians, is that you get to interact with some of the nicest people in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and one of the things I wanted to ask you, too, is uh, I got to finally meet you last summer at Sunstone. Are you planning on making any appearances at any conferences and places so if people want an opportunity to get a picture with you, get an autograph? Uh, are you? What, what are your plans? Yeah, I, I'll try to, uh, I definitely go to Sunstone because without, Sun, Sunstone is really where this began. Um, I, you know, got a lot of support from folks there. And um, so I definitely feel some loyalty to them and uh, I'll be at every Sunstone for as long as I can. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I usually hit up the main ones, you know, I'll do um, John Whitmer if I can and uh, MHA. And usually those are the three that I hit. Um, yeah. Well, I don't remember where they are this year, though. But um, isn't there one coming? There's a Rochester one, right? Coming up. Yeah. There? Mormon History Association is going to be in in Western New York next. Okay. Year. Yeah. Next yeah. That's I I vaguely remember I was planning on that. So yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. I finally I'll be able to get out there. I'm so excited about the prospects of finally getting out to Western yeah. New York. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. My wife does a lot of the planning for my travel plans. So yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Amazing. She she's definitely also off camera, not not really physically here, but just always behind the scenes helping me with this project. So yeah, I said earlier on one man operation, but you probably your wife has oh. probably played a major role in this as well, and you're probably very grateful to her. Yes, absolutely. Um, she she helps me just manage you know orders coming in and um, emails and things that that uh, you know making sure that I'm staying on task too. She's a good good at that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, folks, if you're looking for uh, this is the month of December we're in 
and uh, it's that season, Christmas time. So if maybe you got somebody who's really, really into graphic novels and also really, really into Mormon Mormonism, this would probably make a great stocking stuffer. So please, won't this fit is in a stocking, Steve. What's that? <laughs> It won't fit in a stock. Oh, yeah. Stuff. You don't want to damage it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but actually, I do have on my website, too, a bundle deal I just put up this morning um, where if you buy one and two, it's like five bucks off or something. All right. So, so the button, how long is the bundle deal going to be gone? Um, for a long time. OK, so folks, yeah. take advantage of this. We'll call it a Christmas bundle deal. Yeah of the glass lookers volumes one and two you save yourself five bucks uh, sounds like a great uh, christmas gift you can give and uh, and all that so you know i uh, i just want to thank you so much mark for coming on the program um it was really cool uh making friendships with people and you know my, my channel is kind of is much bigger than it was when when i first interviewed you. it was so funny when you were on mormon stories i get some say you gotta get this mark elwood guy he's i said i've already interviewed him you know <laughs> a lot of the people you gotta interview like already interviewed them you know so yeah. but people need to go back and, and look at our own thing so um i'm going to leave a link in the description to for your uh your page i'm also going to link up at the end screen um my book review of uh the glass looker volume one and uh and any other links that would be of interest to the audience will be in the description i also want to remind you folks that for those of you who want to financially support the channel there will be links for paypal as well as patreon and also we have the merch store mormonbookreviews.com we have hats we have mugs we have uh, t-shirts you name it and so that's another way you can help us as well mark thanks for coming on the program thanks steve it was awesome to see you again and folks just remember the most important thing all the voices of the restoration will be heard here on Mormon Book Reviews.